Ready? Okay. <clears throat> Hello, and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernet. And every week we listen to great video game music from all consoles and all generations. And this week you said your name. I did. I was wondering if you were going to state that. Like, wait a minute. You're you. <laughs> and I'm me. This is crazy. Wait, you're you. <laughs> <laughs> I love that episode. Oh, my God. It's so funny. Quit jerking me around, kid. <laughs> Um, so every week we pick a topic um, to, to dig into, like RPGs or, or fighting games or something weird like uh, bats or love or or just bad weather. But this Which week... Has be, hmm? It has me thinking, just throwing it out there. This is October Halloween month. We could do an episode for about bats. Like we did baseball bats. Yeah, now we do bats. We could just do an episode about bats, oh, like vampire bats. Just every Castlevania game. And it's just like, oh, those bats, man. They just keep running all through the place. <laughs> um, yeah, but this week, we are, um, is a live streamed episode for our Patreon members. So we record this episode live in front of an audience. So if you go to patreon.com slash rhythm and pixels and uh, just any, any, <laughs> any tier there is, um, is gets access to this and it gets access to a weekly, um, uh, what's called a prequel episode. Uh, but so, yeah, so this week, again, we are going to do what we did last month, which is a smash brothers fantasy tournament. Yeah. And um, it's, it's kind of funny, too, because it wasn't the original plan, but it was a lot of fun to do the last one. Yeah. We and had, we Rob had a lot of extra out, tracks. Which, yeah. And then we even got like a few more submissions for this for this one as well. So it was like, this is a topic that strangely works. Like, I, obviously, we can't beat it. We can't beat the horse into the ground because we want this horse to keep on trucking for future. Well, maybe use. that's maybe that's what we can do for a while or not for a while, but like for different ones. It's just like, you know, video game character battle. You know, and we just sort of like do it like that. Although we're gonna have a, a soon, we're gonna have the video game blind dates. Oh yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That's gonna be. I fun. already got, I already got my people lined up. Oh, you got them. All right, cool. I, I need to figure that out too. I mean, who who else is um who else is a uh, little Nemo gonna be going on a date with? <laughs> First of all, okay, ground rules for that episode. No children. <laughs> if you're gonna if you're gonna choose children, we gotta get that noted in advance because I'm not gonna be choosing like a bunch of like fifty year olds who's like little Nemo. I'm like, well, I got I got no one for that. So yeah. All right. <laughs> so so what, so what we're gonna do this episode is we are going to um, each pick. Um, a character from a game. We're going to listen to music from that game, and then we're going to fight the characters against each other and, uh, on a tournament battle, all the way through to the bonus round. Um, and last month, the winner—I mean, like the undisputed winner—was Bonk. Which, admittedly, I love Bonk, so I can't even hate the result. But yeah. I just don't know how that cranium is going to get knocked down, Sturm. But. Mm. So, Power of video game magic. I mean, Bonk beats giant dinosaurs you did that, in like, space. You did that like like that playground thing, you know, where we're like, yeah, well, my guy has superpowers. You you have to. That's the <laughs> that's the joy of it. If it's, I mean, the popularity contest is what it is, but you can't have the popularity contest without the talk. <laughs> without the talk up, it's nothing. All right, well, do that. Well, let's listen to some music. Um, it's another even we number. Talk about our, our week, though. I, what was your week? Oh, like, my dude? week. Oh, I'm sorry. It was. Th uh, do we need to? I don't. I don't even yes! want to. No. 
This is a live stream episode. We're actually talking to our listeners directly uh, this time. Okay. Well, I mean, I'll tell you what, man. I went to bed early last night. <laughs> or the other early? night. Early? No. Yeah. Uh, all the nights. <laughs> <laughs> Every night. Every night. No, um, Me. Uh, I took tomorrow off, which is Friday. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to run some errands. I have to like work on my car and stuff, get the oil changed. Uh, but no, every day this week I've been um, going for long runs and playing DDR for about an hour, hour and a half. Uh, I passed some new 14s I'm really proud of. Um, I passed a Night Survivor again. That's a hard one. Um, yes, it would Falcon. be. I can't, I can't do that without a game. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just turn it on and pass up. That's a tough one. And um, But yeah, so I've been really focusing on that because... Um, fitness, not fitness, but just um, hardcore uh, cardiovascular activity is the only way it's, it's getting me through uh, this time. So I hear you on that. Man. Yeah, um, but I haven't been playing anything else really. I haven't really put the time into it. I just been I, well. We've been watching the boys, so we're all cut up on the boys. And oh, you know, spider that show about the Spider Man villains. That's a great show. <laughs> the Spider Man, Spider Spider Boys, little Spider Boys. <laughs> Me and the boys having a cold. What about you? What was your week like? I mean, I know know you got something going on, right? It's hard to call it going on. I just think it's generally funny. You got it it going on. (laughs) I have an obsessive personality in certain ways. So um, what ended up happening was like earlier this week, I did that thing I do when I'm like, okay, I just need to do something while I'm eating dinner. I'll put on a show. And this particular time, I was like, I'll start a new show. And that new show ended up being a show called Ray Zero, R-E colon Zero, which is an old anime that I've been interested in for a long time, but I just never started. It's just been sitting in my to-do-to-view queue, I'll call it. So, I finally put it on, and it it hits you like a sack of bricks almost immediately. Oh, yeah. Um, But what this led to was three nights in a row of not going to bed till 3, 3.30 in the morning, <laughs> and then waking up at 7 for work. So... I would literally go to bed, I would go to work, I'd get up at 7, go to work, get home at like 5.30 or 6, because I'm also doing some of the second job stuff, then run my errands and complete all the things I need to do for the day, sit down at like 9 o'clock p.m., turn on Ray Zero, watch it till 3.30 in the morning, <laughs> go to bed and do it again, because I couldn't stop, I had to know what was going to happen next. The downside, though, of course, is that if I'm getting four four and a half hours of sleep, I wasn't gymming it up. I was missing the gym. So I didn't go back until today, mm. having not gone since Saturday. So anim- and anime is anime is keeping you inside, huh? Anime kept me inside. Wow, I man. couldn't I couldn't do anything else. I had to know what was gonna happen in the story. It's like we're in our twenties like, again. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like it's amazing when this happens though too, because I keep having these moments where I'm like, I think I'm kind of done with anime. It doesn't really click with me anymore, like aside from like that one piece because I've been watching it since like the year 2000, literally. Um, but, uh, you know, so I still watch One Piece, but for the most part, I have my most like, I think I'm done with anime. And then something random will just pop up. Yeah. And I'll watch it, and I'm like, this is what I'm in for. This is my jam. And I'll just become obsessed with it, and I just need to see all of it immediately. And when it's done, I got to read all of it until it's done. And then after that, I need to write to the I need to write to the writers and say, when is my next hit going to come? Because I'm jonesing. I need it. I need it. You know what we started oh. watching was um, The Legend of Korra on Netflix. And so that was on Nickelodeon, I guess. But um, I, we, we watched the first season just like that, where I, I was like every episode, I had to watch the next one, had to watch the next one. As I've, I've never seen The Last Airbender. 
So I didn't know any of this was about. And, and so thankfully, it's just a completely different story. And it's so good. It's so good. I did hear that the tone, well, you didn't watch Airbender, but no, I, I think no it'd idea. still be interesting to hear, though, is that I heard people claim that uh, the tone between the two is extremely different. Like, they're both good shows, but Cora comes at it from, like, a more, like, mature angle because, like, she's, like, a like a late teen, whereas Ong was, like, uh, early, like, a mid-child. Yeah, yeah, but- she's, she's definitely, like, kind of got the teenager thing going on where, like, the romantic relationship is... It, it doesn't feel forced because, you know, how young she is. She, like, she's at that age where she's, like, she's going to fall for the boy and all that. And, like, it's just... It's, it's really good. Like, it all... It, it seems real and fantasy at the same time i really enjoy that i just need to get on board mm. i have it all down in the basement and never used it at this point the end the dvds are all like like i can just scrap them and just watch them on a streaming service but what what dvds i have all the dvds for cora and last Airbender. oh wow I've them for years all, and i never always watched forget them. that you have physical media <laughs> yeah i still have physical media though i do acknowledge that with Music and TV and movies, I have pushed to digital, but video games, I just can't pull away from it. I need to be physical still. Man, and there's you want to sit there and it, wait though. for that disc to load? Oh, come well, on. Not necessarily. I mean, it's gone. I mean, because when you think what you, the thing about it is like they don't load from discs anymore. When you put the disc in, it installs it, and the disc is just a yeah. ownership check. So. <laughs> But it really ends up falling back to like just small things. Like I sold my copy of Animal Crossing. I owned the game for like three months. I got it for fifty-five dollars, and I sold it for forty. It's like so. It was basically the equivalent of like a fifteen-dollar rental. <laughs> so I was like, in that regard, I'm fine with it because if I put it on the system, I'd be like, I'm done with this game, and then I'd have been stuck with it. Like there'd have been no recourse. And I'll imagine if I was the kind of guy. I didn't even feel like he wanted to keep his media, and I bought every game, See, I, I finished not, it, and then sold it. That's maybe that's what I'm facing because like I buy so few games because I know that once I buy it, it's mine. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna play it. I'm gonna get my full whatever's out of it. Get but my then whatever's. When you've gotten your full out of it. What's yeah. next? Uh, right? What's next? I don't know. A, a book? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I get that you're likely to say like I'm just going to delete it, or I'll just leave it on there in case I get nostalgic for which is. Pretty much what happened yeah. to me with my shelf of wonder. Yeah, I, but, I, I went to the uh, like my, my my PlayStation library when I booted it up uh, was it two nights ago, and I was like, oh, what, what what can I play? And and I was like, oh, I remember playing through that. That was fun. Like, um, um, uh, all I want to say is Get Out, but it's not called Get Out. It's called a. Uh, I think I'd be terrified of a Get Out video game. No, thank yeah, you. Oh, it's called Pernell. My brain is not. Brain what is in. that game about? <laughs> inside. I played inside. Right now, my brain is not ellipses <laughs> running. <laughs> dot, 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 dot. The pronouns <laughs> like hitting the button. Why isn't Why isn't this NPC like talking anymore? Did he already give me the clues? I don't know. No, his brain is not dot, dot, dot. Okay. <laughs> that's so that's how it is. So that, that's going to be the um, the theme of the show is that I'm an NPC and Pernell's just waiting for me. <laughs> To give him some, Yo, to give him like hey, the next quest. <laughs> I need the bubble. Where's my red herring? Throw oh. it, throw it, throw it, throw it. Oh, so Stephen Miller loved Inside too. So what was it last year? Last year, my nephew um, Siren from uh, came to visit from uh, Seattle, and he doesn't have consoles and stuff at his house. I think he's got. I think he plays some computer games, but he doesn't really like play a lot of games. But he's really into like darker stuff, like kind of morbid or just you know like nightmare type stuff. 
So um, I popped an inside and he played it from start to finish just in the afternoon. He just loved that thing. And I was like, all right, cool. I'm glad you're into it. Then we got into the shooters and then it was over. He just wanted to shoot stuff. And I've been that age. I get that. You know, you just want to blow things up. Makes you wonder if he like death end request then. Probably. Probably. We probably, I was probably, probably could have gotten, should have gotten into like an RPG or something just to show him, you know, what kind of weird stuff goes on in those games. Pernell. Hey, I, hey. Pernell. I like weird <laughs> stuff in my games. I can't, I can't knock it. And I realized that, and I was talking to Dan Lawton about this earlier too, actually. The fact that um, I generally have a love for games that bring about a mystery. And mm -hmm. as I got older, I've got, I've taken more of a shine to games with like dark premises that have endings that I can appreciate. Like they don't always have to be happy if the narrative doesn't support it. But I like games that go to dark places and then have the protagonist still overcome them. Yeah. By way of, you know, not necessarily the power of friendship, but sometimes just through genuine intuition <laughs> and like resolution. But power of friendship is freaking awesome too. No, especially I mean when it involves like rocket fists. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I, I've come to like a lot of like darker narratives for that reason. I like the mm -hmm. idea of seeing like things get rough and then come out of it on one end. That's partly why I like Ray Zero so much. It's like, whoa, this place goes to some this goes to some places that so, I wouldn't have expected it and I loved it. So is it re read zero? Ray zero is like re colon zero. Yeah, it's pretty much the same thing that they use with Death End Request. The same exact concept of you die and you're reborn. Mm. In the case of Death End Request, it's uh reloading your save file in a game. In the case of Ray Zero, it's also him reloading a save file oh, interesting. of some sort okay, but okay. he has no control over where he saved that whereas in you know death and request you have total control oh. um but it's a it's an interesting premise how it works in ray zero because the concept is that um every time the character passes away I mean, he dies in some rough manners because it's like an rpg type world he died in some rough ways but he re he retains the trauma of every death including how he died the situation and circumstances around the death. Now, when I first started the show, my first thought was, oh, they're going to go anime on this. It's going to be like, whoa, wacky thing. How do I resolve this guy? Find out next episode or whatever. And I was like, eh, this is going to be interesting. But instead, they went all in on it. Like, it was actually affecting him mentally. Like, it was not a thing that he just shrugs off. And he also can't talk to anybody about it. Like, if he tries to even say, I'm having this problem, I'm experiencing this phenomenon, he'll die. Mm. So it's like, it's the weirdest thing in that he is he is dealing with this horrible ordeal because contrary to the thought of like being able to respawn upon death, his circumstances for it are terrible. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the fact that he has no one to turn to, no one to lean on to help him deal with the problem, to me is a very very heavy plot it's very heavy and that's what makes it appealing to me have you heard because of the i movie... want to see how he resolves things and the best part i'm like stephen miller made a good point he kills gods and the best thing about that is he fights in a way that makes it awesome because he's normal there's nothing special about him but that rebirth ability he huh. has no magic he has no super strength he can't fly he's just some dude from high school who would occasionally do pull-ups in his room that's what he is and I love that about this show. It is really good. Huh. Really good. I'll have to check that out. Have you heard of the movie um, Paul, Palm Springs? I have not. It's um, it's It came out recently. It's got um, Andy Samberg in it. 
and it's kind of a comedy, but it's like a it's like a weird time loop where he's at uh, a wedding, and every day it keeps happening over and over and over again, and you come at it from the perspective of a woman who was also at the wedding accidentally ends up in the same loop. But Andy mm-hmm. Samberg has been in that loop for so long that nothing means anything anymore. So this new arrival is kind of something that shakes up his reality. Yeah, he, yeah. It's it's but but like but one of the themes of the movie is that you know sure like they can do whatever they want. There's there's almost there's almost no morality. Like they can do whatever they want to the people because every day everything's just reset all over again. But the but he he says that one of the themes is that um he, you know they don't have to live with whatever happens, but they have to live with whatever they do. And I thought that was like really like a really good way to to say like to represent that. Um, I thought that was cool, but yeah, I think you might I like it because so. it's, it's silly. It's not so, it's, it's it's funny, but it's also like kind of sad. And I'm writing the name of that show down. That's how you know I'm serious. Yeah, it's just a movie. It's called Palm Springs. Okay, watching a pull up a movie about the freaking like resort. Like, here's why you should visit Palm Springs, visit. starring Andy Samberg. <laughs> visit wonderful Palm Springs. But now, yeah, I think you might like that. All right. Okay. All right. So we're going to get started with this brawl showdown. We are going to start with a track from Stephen Miller, and he brought to us um, the track is called BK Squad from the game Donut County. It's for iOS. It's on Steam. The composers are Daniel Kostner and Bend Esposito. Well, this character choice is going to be a trip. <laughs> so, yeah, so you know Donut County, right? Yeah, that's why I'm curious. Like, wait till the, wait till the track plays, then tell me who the character is, because I, I need the suspense. Okay, because there's a lot of little characters in this game, but the main character you play as... Is Don't gi- spoil it! It's the giant hole. <laughs> Don't spoil it! <laughs> All right, well, well it's, it's a character. So this is Donut County for... For, uh... Everything. Uh, everything. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we 
right, you're listening to BK Squad from the game Donut County, and it's composed by Daniel Costner and Ben Esposito. And this was chosen by Stephen Miller. And Stephen Miller would like to say, a tiny trash Pikachu. How could you go wrong? Throwing around attacks with the drone and uh, dropping holes would be foolish fun. So the the main characters of uh, Donut County, I've only played a hand like 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 a little bit of this. Um, it's a, a little girl who works at a donut shop, and her little friend who works at the donut shop is a little raccoon. So the raccoon works there. Yeah, so it's the raccoon, but he's a little trash Pikachu. Is it a talking raccoon? I don't think so. No, <laughs> it's just a raccoon. So how is he able to work the counter? I don't know. He works on the. He's just like he hangs out on his phone. But like, imagine like in a, a Smash like scenario, like he would have all kinds of cool like spin kicks and punches, and then he would like summon a giant hole, and the hole can like suck up all your enemies. Okay, I was worried for a split second there. Okay, because at first I thought the character was the hole. <laughs> and if the character was the hole, I was going to straight up say you just kind of broke the episode because nothing's going to beat an infinite <laughs> expanse. Oh, well, <laughs> it's just a black hole. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> this is literally a black hole. Like you can't beat a black hole. Yeah, Every right. character is going to die. I was like, all right, it's uh, Sonic Blast Man, and I'm like, black hole. <laughs> black hole. Like yeah, like that's like dynamite and rock paper scissors. Like well, there you go. You just kind of there's the game. Yeah, that, that's that's the. Uh, <laughs> the playground uh, talk I was I was telling you about. <laughs> but I wanted to open uh, the show with this song because it's so good. I, I just something about the the sound of it, like the bass and the rhythm, it, it just makes me happy. Like this song just makes me feel happy. And I really need that. I think we all need that. <laughs> Stephen Miller says, isn't Kirby not a sentient black hole? In some respects, yes. But well, I don't think anyone submitted Kirby for the episode. Otherwise, I would put Kirby up <laughs> against the black hole. He kind of is, isn't he? He's just a little ball. Hey. He's just a little ball of, uh, of of gravity, you know. Well, the thing about it is, like, I wonder, like, every time they portrayed Kirby in a game, he'll eat, like, he'll suck stuff up. Yeah. And eventually, he'll get the item he wants to eat, and he'll stop sucking because he has the item. Unless he uses that weird super suck ability from like 3D Deluxe or whatever. Where he just like absorbs the world, which is disturbing, but it works. <laughs> um, so in that regard, it makes me think like, can Kirby activate an ability that allows him to keep eating and never stop? Can Kirby is Kirby's appetite infinite? I think that's a question. Kirby's appetite infinite, I, and honestly, I think his appetite is infinite. It's just a matter of like he has to stop to chew. <laughs> he has to stop to turn it into a star or whatever and then either swallow or barf it but appetite in general yes he is never satisfied he will always be he will never be satiated he is the great germuffin <laughs> all right so i have i have a raccoon i have a raccoon <laughs> a raccoon who's going up against That's this raccoon best. huh yeah i'll take all your raccoon man all right so my first character to choose in this scuffle is going to be, I figure against the raccoon, I can go with a good track with a character who I'm not the most familiar with, so this will be a toughie. All right. Um, this comes from the game Tobal Number no. 2, and the track title is called The Grody Boy, <laughs> composed by Takayuki Nakamura, and it was submitted by listener Electric Boogaloo. All right.
Welcome back. You're listening to The Grody Boy from the game Toe Ball Number 2 for the Sony PlayStation, composed by Takayuki Nakamura. Mm. Now, submitted by Electric Boogaloo. You know he brought the funk as he does. <laughs> did, did he bring a testimony? Did he also bring a testimonial? Yes, he did. Ooh. And it's time to get reading. What did he say? I was having trouble figuring out what would be a good crossover character for this show. And then I suddenly remembered the Tobal games and its interesting cast of characters. I decided to go with Han, a robot who can definitely hold his own in a fight. And if there's one thing Akira Toriyama can do well, it's come up with likable robot characters. We're looking at you, 18 and, se- and 17, mm. which I lived that last part. <laughs> um... But yeah, like, I didn't even realize Akira Toriyama did the characters for this. It's been that long since I've been down with Tobal. Because I originally got interested in it because they had that weird, like, dungeon side game. I guess that makes sense. Like, like the, the spiky hair and everything of that character. Hmm. What, what's his name? Hong? Hom, like H-O-M. Oh, Hom. Okay. I totally did not. I'm just trying to see oh. Hom. Okay. All right. It's like a beard robot guy. That's... And the... The funny part is I don't know what he looks like or anything, but what I do know is that if I was going to talk about this guy for the show, I had to do some digging at least to see what he could do in the main game that he was representing it, which is Tobal number two. And I did remember enough about Tobal to recall that the game is primarily about hand-to-hand and grapple combat. There are no, there aren't any fireballs and crazy like rocket jumps and stuff. So as expected, his move list is essentially a bunch of like typical like moves, you know. Drop, you know, bomb, you know, power bombs and head, head smashes, punch, kick combos, that kind of thing. Mm. But I'm going to wager that being that he is a robot designed by the creator of Dragon Ball Z, he's probably durable as all get out. And he's probably got like super robot mode level two and three. And he could probably fuse with, you know, Tom, the other robot to become like Tom. Um, <laughs> he's got he's got power for days and clearly he's powerful enough to mud stomp a raccoon. Um, though, the challenge is, will he want to stomp the raccoon because he's so darn cute? That, I don't know. Uh, but for the sake of the tournament, I think he would mud stomp that raccoon. Okay, well, what's he, how's he going to do it? I mean, he, he looks pretty cool. He's got, he, you ever see the movie, um, uh, Real Steel? No, but uh, I'm familiar with it. Okay, yeah, so it's like, it's like a classic sports tale, but instead of, like, boxing, it's giant robot boxing. And, but, like, okay. robots are, like... They're like made out of like giant hunks of metal, and it's very like like if people were really gonna have robot fighting, like that's what it was gonna look like, you know. And that's what this guy yeah. looks like. He he's got a lot of character, but his face is definitely just like like he, someone took like uh, uh, the bottom of a of a Keurig machine and slapped <laughs> on his jaw. Maybe like a vacuum cleaner. I'm gonna say it's like the 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 like the the front of a vacuum cleaner with like two eyes stuck to it. Mm. Uh, but do you think that's um, a little raccoon with the giant black hole? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> we'll leave the black think, hole out of it, I think. Almost, well, let's be honest, though. If I understand the game correctly, the black hole still has to be maneuvered. It doesn't just expand indefinitely mm. from a center point. Oh, it moves right. around. So the trick is that he just has to take out the raccoon before the hole can consume enough to grow to a massive solid. In which case, he just has to dodge a small hole. Mm-hmm. Which, being that he's a robot with actual speed capabilities, I think he can evade a hole propelled by a raccoon long enough to give it one solid fist throw to the face. Especially because I wager the raccoon can't run while controlling a black hole. I think so. He has to do one or the other. I think so. But the raccoon does have a bandana. 
and style points. Do I get those? <laughs> you can get style points. It'll just make him look good when he's face down on the ground. All right. You know what? I'll tell you what. This robot looks so cool. If it was like, I would say if it's like generic, like cyborg robot thing, I'd be like, okay, I don't know. But this thing looks awesome. It's a Japanese character on his his breastplate. Yeah, he looks cool. So I'm going to say that uh, Hom, the robot from Tobal 2, a game that we most definitely did not play, (laughs) beat Little (laughs) Raccoon Boy. Funny enough, by the way, worth mentioning, I think you'll get a chuckle as I had. I came up with a game topic actually yesterday, Mm. just on a whim. And it will take a little bit of like a week or two of effort on each of our parts to do it. The topic would be first place, first listen. And what that would mean is that we they cannot come from any games we've played before. They have to all come from games that we try out specifically for the topic. Uh, like as in like uh, you keep like running like an NES emulator or something, so like some quick hits or whatever. But the point is, you play the game for the very first time and you choose a track from the game you're playing. And that's your experience. I like that. You experience it for the first time in both scopes. That's awesome because it's like an excuse to like kind of force me to play some new stuff or like new Mm -hmm. to me stuff. That's a great idea. And don't get the nostalgia buzz. No nostalgia. It's all coming fresh. Yeah. All right. I'm down with that. All right. So next up. So that's that's first round done. Little robot boy beats up little raccoon boy. (laughs) Which sounds terrible just saying that. All right. So my next track. um, Makes him faint. Alright, this is I'm doing it for now. I'm doing it. Do you have like a killer character over there that I'm just I'm not aware of? No, alright, so this is from the game Kickmaster for the NES. Mm. This is a track called Sector One, The Witch's Forest. It's for the NES and it's composed by Nobuyuki Shioda and Yusuke Takahama. You're listening to Sector One, The Witch's Forest, from the game Kickmaster for the NES, composed by Nobuyuki Shioda and Yusuke Takahama. And Pernell, you know I'm bringing the Kickmaster to this fight. Who was the submitter of this magical beat? That was me, because I ran out of tracks. <laughs> <laughs> you chose this one? Yeah. Oh, mercy. I was like, who's going to be good in a fight? And I was trying to think of NES games, and I thought, Kickmaster. The Kickmaster. Now, I played Kickmaster... Ringers. But I never like knew the story because like you know like in a lot of those classic NES games the story only came in from like the, the manual. Mm. So mm. do you want to know the do you want to know the story of the Kickmaster Pernell? I'm gonna need to know something because all I know is this guy is apparently good at kicking, but he ain't topping Chun Li, so I, this is gonna get interesting. Yeah, I mean he's got some special kicks though. Does he have an <laughs> elemental kick? He's got he's got some kicks. All right, so uh, the castle of Laurel is attacked and burned by monsters and magic of the powerful witch Belzid. In the attack, the king and queen are killed, and their only child, 
princess, Selfie, is kidnapped. Okay, the king's guards were also all killed, except for one knight, the name Macron. He and his younger brother, Fonalin, who is an aspiring martial artist, <laughs> take off on a long journey to free the princess. Um, so as the fight against Belzed's minions commences, Macron is mortally wounded by a skeleton. I mean, this all happens, like, before you even play the game. <laughs> and his brother is still named Funnelin. So, no, Macron is killed by a skeleton, and then with his last dying breath, he pleads to his brother, Use your great kicking skills to avenge me. <laughs> Mercy. So, Chun-Li is not in Smash, right? That is correct, though I wish he were. So there's no one. So there's no. Uh, there's no uh, competition for Thonalin, the Kickmaster. You know, you got me thinking about this. I mean, it's going to be hard to remember because the roster's gotten so ridiculously large lately. But I don't think there are any characters that specialize in kicking in that game. Like mm. some might say Ryu and Ken, but they're Shota characters. They they're mixed fighters. They don't they don't specialize in kicks. Yeah, um, yeah, so this guy's he's gonna kick like he's got like special like magical kicks. So he's gonna kick like fireballs and he can like do like a spinning kick that creates like a hurricane. Um, yeah. But like he also looks like Chuck Norris. So pretty cool. So do you think he has the so do, you have, do you think he has the durability of Bruce Lee? I think he can take a punch from a robot. I think he's I think he would try. I think I mean absolutely he has like he, he can he can shield himself with a with a kick. <laughs> Intriguing, because I mean, admittedly, the robot is literally. I mean, I love the guy that I just met, but he is. I mean, despite being a robot, he, he does only fight hand to hand. That's right. He Which, is only fighting hand to hand. I think if he were to fight hand to hand against the Kickmaster, I don't think he'd have the 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 agility and the and the, the and the grit that the Kickmaster has. Especially because you said you said he has special kicks, like elemental kicks or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got magical kicks. But he's not Which up against funny. the robot yet. He's on. He's he's only in the first round. Touche. All right. Well, I'm talking about my first guy. You talking about my guy is going up against the Kickmaster? Then he's going up against the Kickmaster. Oh, this is an easy bet then. And I owe it all to Bedroff for this submission because this is a gimme. I so <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I had to pick this because he submitted it, or rather, Shoot Kapow submitted it, oh. and. This is a character that I personally always wanted in Smash 2, so when I saw that pop up, I was like, well, of course I'm going to go along with this ride. So... <laughs> yeah! Oh, you see the picture of Rob the Kickmaster? Rob a picture of the Kickmaster. He's just, like, got the, like, the most ridiculous, like, leg spread going on. I want this, like, airbrushed on my car. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'd be all for it. <laughs> um, but the character that was all oh, right i'll go with the game then character right. the game that was being was submitted was tales of symphonia mm. track title being fatalized proposed by motoi sakuraba and the oh. character submission for this track from shoot kapow is none other than the man lloyd irving from said game
Welcome back. You're listening to Fatalize from the game Tales of Symphonia on the Nintendo GameCube and then eventually on the PlayStation 3, composed by Motoe Sakuraba and used for the character submission of Lloyd Irving by Shu Kapow, Bedroth's co-host on his podcast, VGM Podcast. And what a podcast! So, well, first of all, this track is fantastic. It actually... While listening to it after the submission, the night that I got the submission, I actually booted up my old GameCube copy of the game just to dabble around with it for a bit. Because it is a solid game. It's uh it's a really good Tales game, and one of the in my opinion, it is one of the top ones. Um Lloyd Irving, in addition to that, is one of the most requested Smash Brothers characters they've ever had. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he actually won multiple polls. I can't remember if it was Japan or the United States, though, but he's won multiple polls for, like, most wanted character in Smash Brothers. Mm. Um, but he's a gem. But before I get rambling, let me type, talk about a little bit what Shukapel had to say. He didn't go too into detail, but I'm just going to say it as it was. He said, it would be cool if they represented Tails because it's a really good RPG series. I really like how he plays in Smash. I really think he would play well in Smash Ultimate. Plus, I want him in because it would be really cool. Honestly, I can't fault that logic. It looks pretty but awesome. I, but I can go a little deeper than that because, again, if it's a character that I'm to- choosing, I'm going to represent him. So, okay. what makes Lloyd Irving special? Well, his father... Well, I don't want to spoil anything, but his father's a great man. I'm just going to say that. In addition to that, Ooh, he his, is a dual-wielding his, his dad. Ooh. Yes, right. <laughs> but you know how these RPGs are. If his dad's a great man, means he's got some, like, birth power or something. Birth um, power. <laughs> but, oh, gosh, you fuss. Oh, other than that, you just told me about a guy who got to, he's avenging his brother for getting killed by a freaking skeleton thing. I don't think oh. he cares about his brother. Um, he was going after, he was trying to save his sister. Mm-hmm. Wait, I don't even but think, I don't got, think he's, he's a son. No, no, no. Wait, no, he is oh. avenging. But no. But, oh, but, but back to Lloyd. Back to Lloyd, because Lloyd is the main. See, people complain about Smash Brothers characters having being too many swords characters. Well, Lloyd is a two sword character. Top that. Oh, he's got more swords than the average this sword This just happened user. last month, where we were like, oh, he's got two swords. No, because Lloyd no one submitted Lloyd, so it couldn't have happened last month. <laughs> okay. I'm but then the most important thing about him is that he's got a very versatile combat system or structure. Mm-hmm. So. He, he wields a variety of attack moves and combos, and he switches between styles, strike style and technical style. And what that allows him to do is vary up his attack moves based on the situation he finds himself in. And one of those, most particularly the strike system, would be very appropriate for fighting someone who goes by the title Kickmaster with <laughs> elemental kicks. What's the strike and whatnot. system? So the strike system, most of his moves there are primarily related to, like, heavy combos that are physical like he might do like sword rain alpha or beta which is like a, a crazy like sword strike combo think like lightning kicks but with both of his swords okay and then he'll finish it up with like a whirlwind spin while he's spinning the swords because he combines tons of moves to make new special moves that's the other thing i forgot to mention as he's fighting with his attacks he learns and he comes up with the decision to why are you blocking my face don't make me escape <laughs> oh i'm sorry no i just I have to do a window capture, so every once in a while something gets like something blocks it up. So anyway, uh oh. But <laughs> what did he do? Oh yeah. So every once in a while he'll be using moves. He'll see someone else do a move, and he go, "I have an idea." So he'll have someone striking with electricity. Now he's doing like an electric whirlwind spin, stuff like that. Lloyd Irving is a very good fighter. He's a great fighter who knows how to get down and dirty 
and vary up his attack styles depending on the situation in hand. And he fights gods in his world. He fights ninja women. He fights whatever the summons are in that game. I can't remember what they are. Like arts, angels, or something. But ultimately, at the end of the day, Lloyd's got the skills to take the kick out of the Kickmaster. Just saying. I mean, and does that he boy. fight... Uh, do you think he could fight demons? Oh, he does fight demons. Do you think he could fight witches? He fought those too. Do you think he could they're fight normal mobs? Do you think he him? could fight um, aspiring martial artists? He's done that. <laughs> he's fought. Com, com, he's fought aspiring and confirmed martial artists. I, mean, I don't know, man. This guy is pretty beast. He is beast. Ah. Lloyd Irving takes the cut, man. I think. I think two swords is going to beat two legs. What do you think? <laughs> That's the best way to state it. <laughs> I think two swords will beat two legs. Whether they wanted to be beaten or not, it doesn't matter. You're not gonna block a you're gonna block a sword with a foot. Oh I well, you could, so but it sorry. would be very technical. I am so sorry, Kickmaster. <laughs> get, get out of here, Kickmaster. Go buy a new pair of shoes. Alright, so. Alright. So now we have uh, Lloyd Lloyd Irving against Robot Man from Tobal number two. Tobal number Lloyd one. Lloyd could beat. He would beat the Robot Man. I think he would slice that Robot Man in half. And the quote with quote Bedroth, he does have magic. So if the robot was being a little resilient to swords, he'll just melt him with fire magic. So it uh, doesn't. I'm matter. starting to feel bad about the robot because he looks so sad. But he just got sliced. Okay. <laughs> he's a robot man, and now he's dead. All right, Lloyd Irving's doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. That's right. I think he'll forever do good. All right. All right. So now he's the most Lloyd of Irving. <laughs> All right. So coming up next, Pernell, what do you feel about? Ooh, this is this is this is this is a bit of a strange one. All right, it's another one I came up with, um, but I thought it would be really f- interesting—an interesting Smash character. I think a Smash character you would you you would buy the game again just to play as this character. Really? Yes. This is Ducktales for the NES. <laughs> <laughs> you would buy this game again. I'm telling you, what do you know, <laughs> baby? You were like, we'll see what the character is. Let's get this real right, party well, started. Right, well, we'll listen to some music first, but just think. Just think. If you were so excited about Mega Man, you would love this. All right. So this is uh, The African Minds, uh, my favorite track from DuckTales for the NES, composed by Hiroshige Tonomura. Oh, man. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, 
man. And they don't have to do anything else with this music. Just play it just as it is. Yeah, <laughs> the loop it. is perfect. It's so It's a good. perfect loop. It's so good. All right, this is... <clears throat> excuse me. I got a little excited there. This is the African Minds from DuckTales for the NES, composed by Hiroshige Tonomura. And yes, that's right, Purnell. Smash Brothers has Scrooge McDuck. Smashes. Smashes here. Was it? I think that's funny. Like, Bedroth even said it already. Like, Scrooge McDuckle Scrooge goes for the gold. Because I'm thinking the same thing. Like, he's, he's ready to take the money. <laughs> he's here for the gold. Oh, Scrooge. So what do you think, um, man? What do you think? I, th I feel like, okay, one, I mean, like, Scrooge McDuck in this game, he is... Well, I'm all... not going to sell Scrooge. You got to sell Scrooge. He is he's all... your choice. <laughs> he is all over the place in this game, man. He is, he's got that, that pogo stick, the cane, you know, he, he can, he, he hits like, he knocks over boulders with this thing. He, he this kills ghosts. He fights uh, the vampire lady thing. Worth noting, though, he has no projectile because he ain't throwing those diamonds. No, that's true. I mean, maybe he, maybe there's like power him up or something. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> money makes him stronger. Yeah, money makes him stronger. That's what it gold! is. Gold. Yeah. I like beautiful that. gold. He uh, looks greedy in the picture you chose. Yeah. Like, where's that money at? I had to find a picture that made him look like suitably tough. Yeah, so I feel like he can like he with his cane like he can like knock like projectiles into enemies. I think that would be really really like he could like set up projectiles across like the different parts of the stage. Mm -hmm. And I, I think I think he's got what it takes to, to be a good Smash character because he's silly, he's fun. Um, everyone, he has a he has an Irish accent. He's got an amazing Irish accent. Laddie, laddie, laddie. Um, and I mean, check out the check out his shoes. He's got shoes over his web feet. I always thought that was really funny. <laughs> Wait, I never realized. Wait, does he actually? I don't. I always thought he didn't have shoes. I'm like, he has the cover and then the wrap that goes around to hold the cover, but no bottoms. Yeah, there's no sole. It's just like oh, a crap. Wrap I was wrong. I was. Over. Man, I'm tired. He's Scottish. And why did I not think about that? Jesus, Bedroff with the catch saved my butt, because you know I would have come up later. Oh, he's Scottish. He's Scottish. And he said no, Irish. Th no, no, hold on. Give me a second. Proof that I don't sleep. Why in the world did I think Lottie was Irish? Oh, I don't know. I, I, I was right there no, with it doesn't you. Even make sense. Like... It doesn't make sense. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so I, I guess technically not think about it. Like, you could technically have it. You could happily do both, but yeah, he is Scottish. Yeah, man, he's 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 Scrooge. they're close. Like now, I think about it. they 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 be close. Yeah, he's Scrooge McDuck. He's Scrooge. He comes out here and he's just after everyone's money. Who 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 would he be good against? Like for sure. I don't know how it would translate in, in Smash Bros. But I will make one comment that might help your argument in a sense too, which is that Scrooge McDuck has always been portrayed as being comedically rich, as in like he can do the impossible with money. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. He can have a, he has like an army of his own robots, right? He can get. He has had an episode where he had robots, like to protect his yeah. like his house. He can um, call in a launchpad and launchpad McQuack. He come out. Let's there. be honest here. That's not a selling point for the character. <laughs> launch. I guess he would technically crash the helicopter into his opponent. <laughs> anyway, that's my choice. I think I think it's a great idea. I, I think. I think. I think it's good. I think it's a good choice too. But I got to tell you. I do like my choice as well. Alright, what you got? And it was submitted by the man, the myth, the legend, Chris Murray. Mm. So you know he's on to something. You know he is. What is he on to? Adol Christian, baby! Adol from the game Ease, well the series Ease, but most particularly this track being the theme of Adol from Ease Book 1 and 2. 
composed originally by Yuzo Koshiro. And this is Easebook 1 and 2 from the Sega, I'm sorry, from the TurboGrafx CD, not the other one with the rearrangement, with the, yeah, the, so, the arrangement. So this is the original arrangement. <laughs> yeah, this, no, this is their first arrangement, the one that was done like Ryo, or Ryo something. Oh, Yonimitsu. Last name, what yeah. is me? It was like Uimitsu? Uh, Yonimitsu. Yonimitsu, thank you. Gotcha. I just, top of the dome, right? Yeah, it's just, it's, I'm right there. Welcome back. You're listening to the theme of Adol, which I didn't know that, that was his theme. But <laughs> go me! Um, from the game Easebook 1 and 2 on the TurboGrafx CD. Originally composed by Yuzo Koshiro, but you know, arranged by Ryo Yonimitsu. And submitted by listener Chris Murray with the submission for the character Adol Christian, the series mainstay character. Hmm. Chris doesn't go into too much detail, but he gets sweet and short with it. Adol Christian because it fits with so many Smash character trips and because it would help more people get into E. This theme <laughs> track is also so good it had to be shared. You better freaking believe it. You know, I would love so, I would love to see Adol or E's characters. I, I would lose my ever-loving crap if Adol made it onto like an actual like Nintendo Direct as an announcement for a character. I would flip out. That is not an exaggeration. Um there are very few characters where an announcement on Smash would actually make me get excited. Adol would be that character that make me get excited. Um, and how would he play exactly? Well, I'm sure a lot of hate would come because he is a sword user. You know, one more sword user. But throughout the franchise, Adol has had access to a variety of different tools, magical elemental swords, and tra heck, even transformations. He's turned into a root one. And with the new one, he turns into a monster. Which would be an interesting like add-on for this particular game. He gets that monster transformation, um, but he's always up for adventure. He's always he's resilient as all get out. Like I'll never forget the one particular game where he gets like captured by the evil enemy army 
and he gets thrown into an arena to fight to the death against giant beasts, but he's only given, like, a wood plank and a stick. And he beats the tar out of, like, giant wild beasts with just those two things. <laughs> he, I would be... I, I, I like his design. I think he looks cool. I like the red hair, you know? But you think about, like, um, like oh, another That's his sword, he's another the red-haired sword user in Smash. Like, what does that even mean, like... So, like, like, I think it's exactly as it sounds. A lot of people look at sword users as being overdone, but I think it, it gets a little deeper than that. And that sword users... So, Smash Bros. has two types of attacks in every character. They have the basic attacks, like the A moves, which are like the primary Smash moves. So, they're like your melee moves, like I can punch, I can kick, you know, that kind of thing. And then you have the B-type moves, which are like your more special attacks, like you can throw fireballs, or you have like weird crazy moves. That's where your, those attacks usually go. So, if you're a sword user, chances are all of your A moves are going to be sword-related, involving you swinging it or thrusting it in that capacity. Mm. And I guess if you're really into Smash Bros, it gets to be a little samey after a while. Uh-huh. But I genuinely think that if a character is done well enough that their usage of swords is you know, distinct and uniquely theirs, mm-hmm. and it's done in a way that makes the gameplay feel unique too for that character... I don't think the sword matters. Though, with that said, I'm not going to complain if a Halberd user showed up. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Like, um, oh, what's, that, what's that character from uh, Castlevania for the Genesis? Um, or had the giant, like, staff? Eric McCard? Yeah, that, that's Eric a name. That sounds right. <laughs> yeah, I know it's Eric something. I don't remember what his last name is. Like, Lagarde or Lagarde or Lagrand. That'd be cool. Something like that. But yeah, but I would be all about him because he was the character I used when I played Castlevania Bloodline. Can I tell you, yeah. man? I love this music. It's, it's so. It's just that that sound, the classic, that classic Falcom, that classic Turbo Graphics CD sound. It's so I'm gonna good. tell you something. After the episode is over, you should boot it up because it plays in the opening of Ease Book One. Yeah. And even though the game originally came out, well, this version anyway, came out like 1989, it still holds up. The music plays so well over the video intro. It's well-timed, well-coordinated. It's just freaking great. Right. And I still, to this day, will watch it and enjoy myself <laughs> I'll, doing I'll so. I'll check it out. I'll check it out after the show. But but right now, Pranel, we have the matchup of the century. It's Adol from Ease versus Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> 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 Who's it going to be? Well, I would have originally thought that Adol could have lost if Scrooge. Well, if it wasn't Adol specifically, I would have been like, well, Scrooge McDuck can just pay the guy off, and that's the battle. But Adol doesn't journey for the money. He doesn't journey for the fame. He journeys for adventure, which means that he can't be bought, even by a rich duck. <laughs> you know, that's and, a good point. I like that. And once you get past the money element, Adol's dealt with far harsher opponents than Scrooge McDuck. Rich, not as rich, but rich enough. I'm pretty sure he can handle anything Scrooge McDuck could purchase to throw at him. And Scrooge as himself ain't beating him with no freaking pogo stick. If anything, I wager Adol could find a treasure for him on one of his adventures, give it to Scrooge, and then they would become friends. And Scrooge is like, where'd you find that, laddie? Mm. And he goes, oh, in the ancient tomb of Magoom. Okay. And that's where Scrooge is going to go. Something I don't think you've uh, uh, considered is the, all of Scrooge's money. He pays off Adol. You know what? I want you to go adventuring for me to find whatever this giant rock diamond thing is. And Adol's like, you got it, Scrooge McDuck. And he gets into Launchpad McQuack's plane and they crash into a mountain. 
But the thing about it is, like, normally I can see that being the case, but Adol's had multiple, his whole, there's a whole trope about Adol, like, being on vessels that either crash or sink or whatever, and he ends up stranded somehow, usually without memory or some crap. But he always ends up stranded somewhere, and he still finds his way back, so he'd survive a launch pad crash, yeah. too. It's it's tough. It's tough when you have a character that doesn't have any, like, in, in inherit magical Weakness. abilities outside of just being a talking duck. <laughs> well, rich duck. That's what I'm saying, but I feel like if it, were, if it weren't his, this character, like, let's say it were, um... Let's go back to the Tobal character, right? Okay. Tom. I can picture him being bought off by Scrooge McDuck. Easily. 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 But not this guy. Not Adol. All right, you know He's what? in it for the he's in it for the win. Alright, so Adol um slices and dices his way through Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> I wanna be kinder to Scrooge because I like Scrooge. He would give him treasure okay. that would make him yeah. ecstatic enough to leave him the heck alone. And Scrooge is like, I don't need to be in this game. <laughs> <laughs> oh go away. Alright, so we're gonna turn this track down and we're gonna get into the part of the show we call the bonus round. Pogo did bonus round. <laughs> and the bonus round is the part of the show where we play covers and remixes based on our theme. And um, so my bonus round pick, I picked from uh, The Last Recon. All right. Mm-hmm. So this is a remix of John Talbane's ending theme song. It's called Gold Rail Glows. Uh, John Talbane is the werewolf from Dark Star. So, um, and the, uh, the, the, I, I forget who the original composer is. I'll look that up. But the remix artist is Maxi Deman. Here we go. Deman.
Yeah. <laughs> just want to get, ow. This is called Gold Rail Glows. This is John Talbain's ending theme from Darkstalkers. And this was remixed by Maxi Da Man. Da Man. That's right. And it's, um, it's from the album. It's called The Darkstalkers 4 Project. So I think the idea was like a fan game, maybe. But Okay. Um, anyway, so last weekend he writes, he writes a few things. <laughs> All right, so I spent a few days mulling over who I wanted to submit for Smash and couldn't think of anything till last night. I was recording the second episode of my new show, Senpai's Playlist, with my friend Claire, and we were talking about the Smash Brothers Direct that will be showing at 10 a.m. today. Okay, <laughs> and then it hit me. So Capcom has all these great series, and yes, we get cameos um, from these games. Oh my god, I cannot read. Uh, and yes, we get, we get cameos from these, from these series and games all the time, but what the panic on Fuckotron is their beef with John Talbain? He wasn't in Marvel vs. Capcom 1, 2, or 3, or Infinite. And yeah, Infinite had Jada. Yeda. I don't know how you say that, but it's oh, always... Jeda. Jeda, yeah. But, but I don't care for him. So, like, give us Talbain. I'm looking, for, I'm looking at you, Sakurai. Get me John Talbain, because we know it's going to be years before we see a new Darkstalkers game, which is true. Uh, I don't feel like... I don't feel like with Darkstalkers, if it's not Morgan, it's generally likely to get ignored. Which is sad, but that's what I've come to notice about that franchise. It's so true. There's so many interesting characters in Dark, the Darkstalkers uh, Vampire Savior series that all they want is uh, Morgan, right? <laughs> <laughs> Morgan, yeah, Morgan, pretty much. Yeah, Morgan. Which I'll admit, she can be enjoyable if she's written well, but otherwise, I would like to see some other characters pop up, like Baby Bonnie Hood or something. Baby Bonnie would be, would be awesome. Um, that would have been a better... bonkers. Maybe not a better pick. I mean, John Talbain's pretty fierce. Uh, you know. Well, I'm thinking about him from a character perspective, like, the characterization, like... I've always liked Baby Bonnie Hood in the sense, like, she has, like, those mercenaries that fight with her. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and she pulls, like, a freaking Uzi out of a baby carriage. Like, it just... Naturally... <laughs> yeah, she's got like a she's got a picnic basket, and then she she whips out the uh, the machine gun out of the out of the picnic basket. <laughs> also, that was very funny. Um, yeah, that was just her heavy attack too in Marvel Capcom too. Um, now I'm starting to get nostalgic for the dark, the terrible Darkstalkers cartoon. Oh, well, John Talbain was like the like one of the hero characters in that game, if I'm not mistaken. Um, oh, maybe yeah, we'll have to. Uh, I forgot like they take all of like these weird dark evil characters and divide them into good and bad. <laughs> That's what they did, and if I remember correctly, the villain was Dimitri, and. Uh, I want to say Morgan was also on the quote-unquote evil team. Mm. Um, the zombie character, who was the rock star, whose name I do not remember. In fact, if I remember correctly, I don't even know if he was a rock star in the main game, but he was in the cartoon, and he spoke like this, baby! <laughs> <laughs> so it was just doubly funny. But, um, yeah, it was a weird, weird cartoon. People like to reference the old Street Fighter cartoon as being bad. No, this... I would say the Darkstalkers cartoon gave it a serious run for its money. Yeah, this, this, one, this one was not... Not great. <laughs> Not great at all. But I did watch it. <laughs> but that's just, I feel like back then, if it was a cartoon based on a franchise we liked, we just dealt with it because it was cool just to see our cartoon, our favorite game characters animated on the screen. I thought so. Especially at the time where it's like, oh, wow, they're actually making another thing out of a, a video game. And especially this game. I don't know why it was like, this game wasn't that, that popular in the States, was it? Not with kids. I feel like Darkstalkers had a... Oh, there it is. Thanks, Stephen Miller. His name was Lord Raptor, baby. <laughs> Lord Raptor. 
Um, but yeah, like I feel like Darkstalkers had some um, pretty solid representation in the arcades. People talked it up. Yeah. It just wasn't one of the top tier titles, but it was people. People generally liked it. All right, who are we going up against, my man, Chow Bane? Okay, so this is going to be an interesting one because I had to do a little bit of like my own thing here. So I went with a particular suggestion from a listener, most particularly, most specifically, Cam Leonard. Cameron Leonard. And his suggestion or requested character or submission for the game was from the game from the Kingdom Hearts series. And he mentioned basically what was it? I'm trying to write, oh yeah, like Roxas or Zion. Or Zion or Roxas. But I couldn't find any tracks with that name. I saw some stuff that was like Zion and Roxas and such, but overall I couldn't find a specific with that title. So I ended up kind of winging it a bit. And I decided to choose a cool remix that I came across for that game. Hmm. Which, funny enough, this might have to get edited later, but I don't see the track on this duck. Uh, it's in there. It's called Reunion, the Roxas and Scion tribute by Shimshon. My hero. Thanks for the cover. Yeah, yeah that's the track. I, so, I, I might have cut and pasted it by accident and not copied it. No, I did. That's all right. <laughs> but Rob just nailed it. That is the name of the track. And submission. So as a remix of a track that I genuinely think will likely still carry the feel that Cameron Leonard was going for with his track submission. All right. So let's let this bad boy play and then we'll get back to talking about how this submission is going to rock, you know, John Talbain.
Welcome back. You are listening to Reunion, uh, Roxas and Zion tribute from based off the Kingdom Hearts series, submitted by rather correction, composed by Shim Shun, and submitted by listener Cameron Leonard. Now, Cameron Leonard, what did he have to say? Well, let's see. Well, I'm going to start with the first bit that he said and then kind of jump down. My testimony for picking these tracks, this is actually a discussion I have with my friends pretty regularly. But after Terry got in, my friend and I had a huge conversation about characters and franchises that we want represented specifically because of the music and remixes that will be had when that character joins the game. Mm. Now, in regards to that, he had to say, that do 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 I'm up to do do here we go. Kingdom Hearts is my favorite game series, especially because it p- provided for me a light in the darkness, pun intended, when I was younger, and it has been a constant space of comfort and fun, despite how silly it is. Or rather, as silly as it is, because I think he likes the silly. Yeah, I like so, the silly too. Now, he didn't name a character, but given the name of the track that he chose, or rather the track ideal that he chose, I'm going to go and shoot from the hip and say that he was referring to Roxas. I thought so too. Which, for those who are in the know, Roxas is Sora's nobody, which means that Roxas is pretty much Sora as far as abilities are concerned. So I can talk through Sir Roxas and what he would do in the game, which is pretty much anything because they kind of broke the living daylights out of the main fighting characters in Kingdom Hearts. Oh, they can like um, run up the sides of buildings. <laughs> they, yeah, they run up buildings. They can summon like powerful spears based off of Disney properties. Um, he has magic and like several of the Final Fantasy mm-hmm. magic. And just for the sake of just adding a little bit of oomph to his ability pool, though I'm not sure if he, I believe he technically would have the capacity to do this, he would be able to join up and change forms. He could change great forms. He could become, let's say, whatever the final form was. It was actually called Final Form in Kingdom Hearts 2, where he basically becomes a dual wielding Keyblade Master. Oh, yeah, that's right. And he like hovers around. And his swords are just kind of like hovering around him, and he's just like flinging them with his mind yeah. while also casting crazy spells, and he's borderline invincible at the same time. Like it's a, it's a marvel to watch these characters run around the screen when you're really into the combat. And as you'll know, Rob, I play this game on quote unquote proud mode, um, which is like the harder difficulty. So when can you can we really not, can we not move, call it that anymore? Can we just say hard mode in this game? <laughs> I don't even know why they call it proud mode. It doesn't make sense to me, but that's what they call it. Um, but uh, essentially, when you get to the into the groove where you can play that mode well, you're typically running and dodging like a champ, mm. which means you're putting all the agility and the evasion moves yeah. to quality use. Roxas can take down business. He can chop buildings in half with his keyblade. Okay, but he can chop a whole building down. Can you, th- you think he could take down a werewolf? Yes. Yeah, I think it take down a werewolf. It's not even up for debate. You know, I I do like Roxas uh, for this matchup, to be honest with you. Me too. Like, on one hand, someone might say, you know, John Talbain is ferocious. Like, yeah, but I don't want to look at Roxas's nose. <laughs> he's, got a, he's got a big nose. Um, yeah. But no, like, I feel like Roxas could easily take him because in that game, Despite the fact that you're fighting like a bunch of like again like nobodies and heartless, mm-hmm. they can take the form of some crazy things, yeah. some massive beasts, 
And also, you again go back to the earlier points. You do fight Disney villains in that game, and there are some pretty you know gritty Disney monster villains when they're portrayed That's in the true. right way. Yeah, yeah. I, I I am actually in agreement with you. I didn't know that you were going to go with the the Kingdom Hearts track. So going to have to let go of my werewolf. I love this werewolf though. But I will say we should do the poll again like last time because I am curious what everybody else thinks too. But I think we're I think it's cool that we're actually in agreement that Roxas takes the cut. Yeah, I think we're gonna have to have a poll for the final. So um so we have Oh I forgot because there's one more. There's one more. So we have Roxas against Adel. Oh crap. And this is tough. I I can't I want to say that Adel's... Roxas would win, but Adel's taken down some crazy beasts oh, man. over the years. He's taking down literal gods. <laughs> oh man, this is a tough this is a tough matchup. So we got we gotta pick one though. We gotta pick one. You know these characters. I know Roxas a little bit. I my my money's on Roxas just because he's got like you know Disney magic power. But I don't know I much about Adol. With, I gotta go with Adol because he's freaking Adol and I <laughs> my heart will not sway. Your heart will go on for now. My heart will go on. But you know what? Adol. Not, not Roxas. KO. Eight <laughs> <laughs> old baby. All right. Well, for more information on the bonus round, go to rhythmandpixels.com. We'll have links to the SoundClouds and Bandcamps and everywhere where you can buy this music and support the artists. All right. Thanks for joining us on Rhythm and Pixels episode 24-10. This is our fantasy Smash Brothers tournament. And we are down to the final two. We have Adol from Ease. It's the series. And mm-hmm. we have... Um, who else we got? We got... Roxas. No, we, Roxas got killed. Oh, it's, oh, you're right. Lloyd Irving. No, he. I'm sorry. He fainted. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. All right. So we have Lloyd Irving from Tales of Symphonia. And we have this guy, Adol, Adol from Ease. So these are Honestly, your two champions. That's right. Adel's going to take it, baby. He's oh. got my vote. <laughs> so we're going to have this uh, these polls online, and you can vote for your favorite. Admittedly, Adel only has one sword. That is a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> but he's also got Adventurer's Aura. I do like Adel. Adel's cool. He's the red-headed swordsman, and Lloyd is the you know, burgundy bandito. I don't know. <laughs> Well, um, if you'd like to uh, get in contact with us, if you don't like uh, our decisions on this matchup, the best thing to do is send us an email. Rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com And if you'd like a full track listing from all of our episodes and access to all of our episodes and links to everything else that we're doing, um, you know, Pernell's other podcasts and access to like, uh, uh, you can buy our merch, you can get t-shirts and stuff, but all of that is available on the website. Rhythmandpixels Dot com. Check which out. makes me real. I should probably mention the shows too. Blown Cartridges, which is a show where a group of friends and I talk about Nintendo, generally classic game franchises and such. Like we started doing like some early Nintendo games. I think our next one's going to be the Streets of Rage franchise. Oh, cool! You know, stuff like that. And then the other one is the SNL podcast, which is where I do my game reviews. And we also just kind of get ridiculous and talk about stuff sometimes. And I think. Next week, we're actually doing a full-blown interview with the guy who did Hexagroove. Like, he's coming on to talk about, like, the games industry, like, the status of the games industry, which is going to be hmm. pretty interesting. He 
gave us a crazy outline of stuff he wants to talk about. Well, very cool. So. You, you can you can find the SML podcast on YouTube, and you can find Blown Cartridges podcast at blowncartridges.com. I did look that up, by the way. <laughs> Just Thanks, <to> sure. buddy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, check us out on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. We have a, a group on Facebook called Rhythm and Pixels Chat. We also have a Discord server that's linked on our website. And you can go, go to youtube.com slash Rhythm and Pixels. There we have a 24-7 radio station playing nothing but 8-bit and 16-bit classics. Just running all the time until that little laptop explodes out of the closet. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. But no, that's really... I've been listening to it a lot lately. I've been, I'm happy with the playlist I've got set up. It, it's a lot of music. So chances are you're not going to hear the same song twice, I, I wouldn't think. Um, and that's then, the goal. Hmm? Because that's the goal. You know you got something going when, no, when, you, when your tracks don't come up too quickly. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's, there's a lot of music in there. And um, I'll be switching up the playlist just about once a month. Um, and then if you'd like to support the show, go to patreon.com slash rhythmandpixels. Um, there, you, uh, as a member, you get access to prequel episodes once a week, access to like live-streamed recordings of episodes uh, once a month, just like this one, um, and access to some other uh, really cool uh, features, too, on, on the radio station. And we also like to thank our listeners at the end of every episode. I'd like to thank that Nick Walker, The Last Weekend, Mike Myers, Davey Cakes, Bedroth from VGM, The Very Good Music Podcast, Justin Schneider from XVGM Radio, Sonic Medley, Taco, Harold Howard, Dave Taylor, Reinhardt Zelkova, Andreas Milberg, Dan Loughton, Phantom Jest, Steve Miller, Autistic Gamer 89, Cameron Worma, Christopher Shenstrom, Bobby Arson from One Up Funk, Wicked Sephiroth, Carlos Kung Fu Carlito from the Heroes 3 podcast, Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version podcast, and Brian Pitt. Thank you all very much for your continued support of our show. It means a great deal to us. I concur. Thank you guys very much. Extremely appreciated. And thank you. Thanks for being awesome, folks. Yeah, thank you. Um, every dollar goes back into the show. Um, to you know, cover costs for us to do more stuff, to get better equipment, to better recording. Um, just keeps everything going. So thank you all very, very much. Um, so uh, next week we are doing, we talked about it just recently on the show. Next week, the topic is what? I think it was, the next week is going to be the episode where we announced, ah. basically, I guess, the, the, I don't know what we're going to call it, but basically the show for the shirt contest. Yes. So, attacks and games. Right. So, we have to figure out the overall form, but it's likely going to be, if the attack wasn't submitted with the intent to be in a game, we have to pick a game that the attack would fit in. We'll figure that out. <laughs> it'll, it'll be interesting. And then after that is going to be the video game blind date, unless we have a guest or something. Who, who wants to get involved in the blind date? Who knows? And we still got to do TGIF versus Capcom, yeah, which that, I have every matchup already prepared. Oh, Just have to. We got to talk about that. About I don't know. I don't know how to how to deal with that. It'll be fun. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I can go if you, as long as you're able to talk talk. I can bring all the tracks or at least all the games. You can pick tracks from some of the games. Okay. And then it's just a matter of working through the matchups. All right, I love that. You doing the work? It's perfect. <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> Though, I feel like, only to be fair, we'll have to play some of the TV theme songs, too. It has to fit. I kind of want to do that. Yeah, I think I think we should just do it. Just put it on the podcast proper. Just like the actual, like, straight up Perfect Strangers theme song. That's right. Yes. All right, well, thank you. Yeah. Every, that wasn't TGIF. That was, like, well before TGIF. Uh, no, it was. It same was composer, the first though, t- right? 
Perfect Strangers was one of the first TGIF shows. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Family Matters was a spinoff. Anyway, we can talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you all very much for your support of the show. Thank you all very much for listening to Rhythm and Pixels. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. Have a great week and be safe. And remember, video games are meant to be fun. Despite anything that comes about, whether it's frustration with getting a pre-order or not getting a download you want, or even some of the more nonsensical stuff like games falling off the marketplace or whatnot. End of the day, games are meant to be fun first and foremost. Don't let it drag you into the mud because a console release didn't go your way or because you want to get into the console wars. I'll admit, console wars can be fun if fought for fun. But if it's all about pride for a console for some reason, nah. <laughs> um, just enjoy your games. Share your games. Talk about your games with your friends. And you could potentially become friends. Potential friends to be. Um, just spread and love the hobby for it as it deserves and should be. And that's all there is to it. <laughs>